This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Harry McCurdy just giving the salute to everybody in the ground for one yes. last time. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside Beautiful play That is that What a good shot Far post for Shearer, goal McLaughlin has it, oh deflection and a goal Comes to Mitchell For the second week running as a Harry McCurdy inspired Swindon score three, keep a clean sheet and return from Cumbria with all three points and revenge for that two one loss at the county ground earlier in the season. Here to discuss first is Dan. Hello, Dan. Evening, everyone. How are we doing? Happy days. <laughs> and also joining us for a debut on the Low Strangers, it's the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge's very own Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Good evening, mate. Good evening. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. And of course, you were there as well. So we can get the sights and sounds as well as the VPN cheats in Dan. So welcome. Thank you for having me, mate. Thank you for having me. Yes. It's important that we bring on new blood. You've got to. Promoted at the Youth Academy, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can still be sent back. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how you go. But this isn't no Papa John's trophy game. This is this is a 3-0 win in the league. So we will take that. But we do have to start the pod on a sad note again, uh, as it was announced that former Swindon Town left winger Joey Beecham had died over the weekend at the age of just 50. The story of his arrival to Swindon back in 1994 is still discussed nationally due to the swift homesick-related exit from West Ham United. You can find that story pretty easily if you don't know it. The reality was that it was always going to be a big ass for Joey as he was Oxford through and through. Quite curiously, his town career barely gets a mention on Wikipedia when I did a little bit of research earlier, but he played... 60 times for Swindon in all competitions. Highlights include his shot hitting the post and going off Charlton goalkeeper Andy Pettersson to complete a thrilling second leg turnaround in the Coca-Cola Cup. In fact, he was a key member of the side that reached the semi-final that season. But my long-standing memory of Joey in a town shirt was his winning goal against Wolves in October 94. A great game with Graham Taylor bringing a great side and a great away following in the early autumn sunshine, which really added to the experience. You could see how much that goal meant to Joey that day, and he embraced John Gorman, the man who showed faith in him during his time of need. He returned to his beloved Oxford the following year for a fraction of what we paid, and normal service resumed as Joey would go on 
to cement his place as one of Oxford's all-time greatest players. Many of us will remember his goal against Swindon during our championship winning season of 95-96, but we choose to look back on the proper on-pitch battles we had with Oxford during that era with Joey, more often than not getting kicked all over the county ground pitch, because that's how many will remember him as the villain in those fixtures. Dan, this was an era where it didn't matter how bad we were. We just needed to see Oxford at home and we knew there would be points. But on the flip side, when when form was against us, we didn't want to go to the manor back then either because they would squeeze a a victory past uh, Swindon. Another really, really sad bit of news that's emerged this season, isn't it? Yeah, um, very sad. And like Steve Finney, taken far too young so um yeah the pods thoughts with uh joey beecham's nearest and dearest um yeah a couple of things you mentioned there rich which um i'll build on i remember being extremely irritated as a seven or eight year old when swindon lost at the manor ground three nil um and my abiding memory is that they released uh, a shirt after that victory uh, with the initials BSE, which was, you know, mad cow disease was a big deal at the time. Um, and it stood for beat Swindon easy. And I just remember thinking, oh, God, I, I really, really hated that, even as a as a young child. And, of course, uh, Beecham played his part in that. Um, you mentioned the Wolves game where Beecham scored the winning goal. That was actually my first ever football game, my first ever Swindon Town game. So... It's sort of, I, I hadn't clocked that until I looked again today. And, you know, that is really sad. Um, so it was a bouting game, huge atmosphere. It's the game that got me hooked for life. You know, um, and yeah, sad to see one of the, the main protagonists uh, no longer with us. Um, yeah, it's funny, funny old time at Swindon because... I, I remember him in that first season, even as a even as a young man. Of Beecham being one of our better creative midfielders, um, played a lot of games that season. Obviously, the run to the League Cup semi final as well, which meant we had stacks of games. Um, yeah, Rich, you probably remember this period better than me, but it, it seemed he was really loved by John Gorman, and then not so much by Steve McMahon. And when Beecham came back to the county ground. Um, of what would that have been, 97 or 98, when he got kicked around the park by Gary Alkins and Mark Walters and I think, who else? I think it's easier to name the players that didn't have a oh, swing. They all him. had um, a go. They all had a go at, um, at Joey Beecham yeah, whenever um, he returned. Yeah. He was a proper pantomime villain in a local derby. And, you know, you need those figures. You know, you've had the likes of Tommy Mooney on this pod. You know, he spoke about moving from Swindon to Oxford and some of the stick he got, obviously, but you know, each rivalry does need its um, its pantomime villains, and Joey played that role very well. Yeah, and and then part of the frustration was that he was actually quite good. Yeah. So when you've when we've had you know people come to town like Chris Maguire, who didn't make so much as uh, as an impact during the game, but then give the absolute big guns um, afterwards and you know, that, that rolls up and, you know, we'll talk, I mean, this whole episode is dedicated to shit housing. So, you know, we've got to talk about the moments where we've had to receive it. So when Maguire does his thing, you kind of, it kind of winds you up. But when you've got somebody like Joey Beecham, who should have played at the highest level, he had the move secured West Ham Premier League. And there was another opportunity after, which I think Swindon would have benefited from financially had he accepted it. He should have played at the highest level. He didn't. That's a running theme in his career, these sort of opportunities. But Oxford were the team for him. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a tremendously sad story. And, and I think you're absolutely spot on. It all sort of really went wrong. And he's not the first and only player from that era to fall foul of, you know, the philosophy of the manager at the time. You know, I'm not going to say that I know everything that happened behind the scenes, but a lot of very popular players left and a lot went on a pittance and Joey Beecham was one of them. Imagine nowadays letting your biggest rival take somebody you paid £300,000 for up front uh, and a very capable player in AD Whitbread to West Ham and then sell him for thirty grand a year later to your biggest rivals. Imagine that now. Yeah, it'd be... Um... Tough to swallow, particularly in these uh, social media days. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, the, the thing I'd close on is um, you mentioned there about him being Oxford through and through. I know it's not his fault. His dad was from Oxford and he grew up in Oxford, but that's something everyone listening to this pod has in common with Joey Beecham is that, you know, we all love our club and he loved Oxford. And um, yeah, that was that. Venus Webb gets there first. Bowden. Half cleared. Beecham. 3-2. And Beecham will count that as his second goal for Swindon Town since his move from his unhappy stay at West Ham. Right then, let's talk about the weekend because it was another victory. Tyler, what time did you have to go to this uh, fixture? What time did the alarm clock wake you up for the long trek to Carlisle? Uh, so the alarm and the dog were waking me up at 5am, ready to Ugh. get ready, get going. And Worth. then we left at like about 7. So 7? Is that, is that late? Yeah, yeah, it was quite late, but you know, got up there for about... 12 so did quite well that's not too bad why do we always complain about these journeys that feels very reasonable Dan the times I've done Carlisle I've flown actually from Bristol to Newcastle ooh get me Um, and just made a weekend of it just because it's so ruddy far yeah fair play to everyone of the 381 including Tyler who made the trip up yesterday particularly with all the weather uncertainty in the build up to the game fair play indeed I've only done it once but I was living in the north northeast so I did sort of like a 50% Dan Hunt I didn't fly to Newcastle I was in Newcastle and then did the two hour oh can we talk about that train journey it's gorgeous it's very oh very nice Very nice indeed. It's like the opening to like Heartbeat, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) There's another reference Tyler won't get. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's full of like shallow rivers, isn't it? And and, lovely landscape. Very nice landscape. Um, We lost that game 3 0. Ben Tozer got sent off, but I got a free hat. Yes. um, Five pound voucher, (laughs) wasn't it? From uh, who was walking around the stand giving them up? Cliff Puffett or something like that? Cliff Puffett. Yeah, Yeah, I was was at that one. Felt fraudulent, frankly, um, <laughs> because I did not make that long journey. But oh, that was a horrible game. That was yes. <laughs> oh, but what scenery! Gorgeous, gorgeous. You could just picture salmon swimming upstream as the train rattles by. It's gorgeous. Other train journeys I enjoy is that, and you'll know this one, Dan. Just the trip to Plymouth oh, when it goes to Red uh, Rock Dawlish. between. Oh, yeah. Exeter and Plymouth. Brunel was not mucking around when he built that railway line. He could have gone for speed. He could have done it in a straight line. But he thought, no, I'm going to take an hour along the coast and make it much more difficult from an engineering point of view. But my word, the views as you go through Dawlish Warren, Newton Abbott, Totnes, that's a great little town, Totnes. You should go spend a day in Totnes, everyone. What what a town that is, by the way. Uh, Tyler, I hate to go post politics, my Michael Portillo on you, but do you have any particular train routes you enjoy? Um, not really. <laughs> no, of course you don't. Of course mean, you don't. To be fair, I, I didn't mind the one I did to Bristol the other week. That, that was all yes. right, but that's because it's so quick. It's very quick. It's very quick indeed. Yes, one that I do all the time nowadays, and we'll be doing on Tuesday. Okay, let's move to the football then. So Swindon. Only had one change to make, didn't they, um, for this game from the previous because Ben Gladwin was injured in came Ricky Aguilar. So Wadacott, Tomlinson, Cooper, O'Brien, Hunt, Reed, Iandolo with his 100th league appearance. Aguilar, Barry, McCurdy and Davison. Tyler, no surprises there. No, none at all. I mean, I was talking to my mate Ben on, on the coach and we were saying that's what we'd go with. So I was, I was happy to see it and... Like I say, I think, I think Garner got it spot on. Ricky Aguilar was really the discussion point because we knew on Friday via the press that Johnny Williams was available and Ryan predicted that Garner would go with Williams as he has all season long. But I was happy that Ricky got the chance. It was a perfect opportunity, wasn't it? Well, I saw many Swindon fans call him for Aguilar to keep his place. I was in that camp as well. Um, he played extremely well against Scunthorpe. 
coming into a match cold, um, which at the time was nil-nil, and you know that was a nervy county ground. Um, things could have gone sour with a, a scumfoot goal. So, yeah, he, he fully deserved his start and um, a very accomplished performance. And actually seeing the 90 minutes out, probably equally impressive, given um, you know probably how much adrenaline was pumping around his body and how much energy he's probably put into that full debut. So, yeah, I suppose the question now will be, do you just dip him out again for Tuesday night and um, keep him fresh for the following Saturday because you have got Williams available? Or uh, are we on the Aguiar train now? Is his shirt to lose? What do you think? I'd stick with him. I, I think he's played himself into the eleven, And like you say, I think it's his shirt to lose. So I'm all for Ricky Aguiar. I, I like the look of him when we signed him. There was obviously that uh, compilation that went round on Twitter of him just bagging worldies like Twiney used to. So... Just stick with him. He'll bag a worldie on Tuesday and we'll all love it. <laughs> in in terms of like how Aguilar played, because as you'll hear in the uh, listeners' contributions, a few nods, not man of the match nods, but sort of shout outs to him. Did he have many chances or is it at the moment just about his all-round play? Because that's what it was in his previous appearance when he came on and he, well, he really did impress, but he wasn't hitting them from afar like we've been told he can do. Was he Was he beginning to put his foot through it <laughs> during this game? Yeah, there were a couple of times where he was sort of like, I want to have a pop here. There was one in the first half, I think it's just after Barry's missed, um, where it sort of comes out to him and, and it looks like he's about to absolutely hammer it on the volley and then just mistimes it. And so you could tell he was looking to have, have a couple more shots this time. Uh, and then at the end, he came quite close after sort of weaving between three or four. And if that went in, that that would have just capped it off. Because for a first full league debut, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, and like I say, with the listeners' ones, uh, I wouldn't say he's man of the match, but he, he definitely deserves a shout out. Brilliant. So, Dan, you were watching from afar. From France. Yeah, day trip. There's another train journey there. Ooh. Yeah, it's all right. Magnifique. <laughs> Tell me about the, uh, the the opening stages that you saw and, and then Tyler can add the rest. Yeah, well, I was very pleased with the start. Um, and this wasn't without the odd warning shot from our hosts, Carlisle. I thought Patrick, who was playing on the left of their, their front three, was probably the liveliest player they had. He gave Hunt a few problems. Um, a couple of times Hunt was a bit static. Patrick um, got past him. I thought Hunt recovered quite well in the in the second half. Had a good game, and he was involved heavily in the first goal too. But um, yeah, it was mainly about what Swindon were doing, and um, I think it was a continuation from the the second half against Scunthorpe with this four three three formation just suiting the playing personnel so much better. Um, I think it gets you straight away. I think it gets you better out of Davison. And it has coincided with Davidson becoming fully fit as well. Um, I think that's you know, that goes without saying. Um, he, in the middle of a front three, doesn't have to do the channel work. He can just sort of stay between the width for the 18-yard box. And I think that's where you want him, really. You want him occupying uh, the centre-halves. So he had a good running battle in the early stages with uh, the big number six at the back. Simiu, was it? Simiu. Um, a couple of times, Simiu... Looked like he just went through the back of Davison, and the referee didn't even give a foul, which was which was frustrating. But uh, yeah, you know, we we also saw again. Um, it seems to suit Louis Barry much more to be out on that left wing. Um, I was a little bit worried going into the Scunthorpe game whether or not it would detract from McCurdy being bunted back out to the right, um, but he seems to be be thriving because um, it doesn't stop him sort of sneaking in field and taking up those positions just behind Davison anyway. And um, through his career so far, he is quite comfortable out on the wing. So I just think you just saw that continuation from the the Scunthorpe second half. Slick football from Swindon, prizing openings. um, Could have had a a couple of good opportunities um, before we actually opened the scoring. So yeah, it, it was decent, decent. I sort of agree with what he's meaning with the four-three-three, sort of bringing more out of the players, and it seems to suit us better. And I think it allows McCurdy to drift inside because we seem to be playing like the sort of like number ten on the right of the three, 
which means they can sort of drift wider and take up that space whilst McCurdy tucks in. It makes it hard for a defender to track. And it's bringing the best out of Ellis, who I've been a known uh, critiquer of. And he, he's, at the moment, probably playing the best football he's played since coming here. So, fair play. Well, let's talk about McCurdy. I was going to try and keep all the McCurdy stuff to one segment, but it's quite literally impossible, really. So, what I really want from you, Tyler, is to just paint the picture of what McCurdy was subjected to in the build-up to the game, in the game itself, up until the goal. Because, of course... Everybody knows there's bad blood between McCurdy and Carlisle. What Carlisle experienced is no different to what we as Swindon fans experience now. The only difference is Swindon win games with McCurdy being McCurdy. And his form with Carlisle wasn't as red hot. But he was going to watch Chelsea. He was very interested in Chelsea's results. And and he was quite cheeky to people on social media. We have that already well so I, I got in the ground just as the players were sort of going down the tunnel uh after the warm-ups and just as our lot were going down it, it was sort of quiet and then I'm guessing like it is an assumption uh as McCurdy went down the tunnel you heard booze and so it started quite early then obviously every touch from the start of the game to when he scored it was just boo boo <laughs> and then he's ended up scoring and doing what we've all seen him do before to many a set of fans. But this this one, you could tell, meant a little bit more to him. Yes, it did. Dan, I can't help but think the way to stop McCurdy is to ignore him and just Absolutely, yeah. pretend it didn't happen at all. But to to try and row him up via the power of booing just seemed like a big mistake. Uh, you've got to know your enemy. Um, and I, I said this in the uh, the Low Strangers WhatsApp group uh, yesterday or this morning. I forget. Um, I really, really hope when McCurdy does leave Swindon, and I hope it's not for a long time. I hope it's amicable. Please let it be a lovely dovey exit, crying <laughs> face emojis and fond farewells. Because I really, really can't hack him coming back in a Milton Keynes shirt and scoring and doing the cup tears to the town end. And yeah, that, I'm already worried about that. It tells you how much of a of an insecure Swindon fan I am. <laughs> well, you know me, Dan. The first thing I always point out, I pointed it out on a Carlisle pod uh, before the game. I've pointed it out on this podcast several times is when this romance dies it will die hard uh whenever that will be but i don't really want this pod to be about that because <laughs> it was very funny this weekend wasn't it tremendous <laughs> so funny. let's talk about the, let's talk about the goal because there's loads of good stuff from it and some a bit fortunate too so reads with a lovely ball to hunt hunts cross is a little heavy but the first touch by mccurdy um which Kills off Simeu. He's not very good, by the way. <laughs> on loan from Premier League Southampton, formerly Chelsea too. Maybe uh, McCurdy got a signed shirt afterwards, <laughs> who knows. But the roof of the net effort, he put everything into that, didn't he, Tyler? Yeah, it, that that was, I'm just hitting this as hard as I can. And as long as it's on target, no one can stop it. Sort of sort of attitude to shooting. Um, but I think... He's left that centre off for dead with the first touch, and that's that's where the goal is for me. I think just the way he sent that centre back is prime Harry McCurdy. It looks like it's a bit of a heavy touch, but he's meant that with everything behind it. He's managed to take enough power off the ball for it to be a good pass into him in the end. But that centre back was in no man's land as soon as he stepped up, and McCurdy made him pay as McCurdy tends to do. Great ball out to the right hand side for Swindon gets. Hunt onto it, edge of the area. Oh, good first touch. McCurdy into the roof of the net. You knew it'd score. He has scored. It was a great take on the edge of the area. He runs across and goads the Carlisle fans. He really has goaded them. You have to expect it when you boo him all game long. And even the other Swindon players are coming over now and giving it to the Carlisle fans. And this won't end brilliantly if they do that. Things being thrown down towards the pitch there. Quite unnecessary. Oh, that from the so Swindon. much to unpick, isn't there, Dan? Dan, I'm sure you've got loads of uh, insight to add to that. But 
I just we have to talk about the aftermath. But is there, is there anything that you want to add to that? <laughs> well, I've got I've got a bad pun for you. Um, oh, I, I, I think if the Carlisle defender was to watch that back and have his time again, I think he really needs to stretch every nerve and sinew <laughs> to try and stop him. Um, but no, serious point. The build up to the goal was textbook. Swindon this season when it's done properly when it's done right it is very good to watch um you know Reedy interacting with the center halves at the back I I do wonder maybe we could chat about this later whether you know taking one defender off the pitch and having a a back four whether that does just make us get the ball forward a little quicker just by virtue of having one less person to pass to across that back line um but anyway we can we can talk about that later but yeah, lovely, lovely build-up to the goal. Reed's ball out to Hunt. It must be a good 70 yards, absolutely pinpoint. Um, you're right, I think Hunt's ball was a bit heavy into McCurdy, but that kind of gave him the opportunity to take that touch and absolutely skin Sinew. Um, and yeah, bosh, proper, proper finish. Oh. Love it. Now over to Tyler for Berger flying through the air update so much going on here so much going on here tyler so um i don't know if you you saw the whole benefit of this but we were all giddy with excitement remotely i tell you so what we knew would happen was his gangly arms would do the shrug emoji sort of bit we saw the arrow lovely we saw a ball boy throwing v signs within yards of him absolutely all the time in the world for that and then as delayed as delayed could be, there was somebody in that stand who was looking at his food, wondering whether it should be thrown onto the pitch or not. And they went for it. They bloody went for it. So on went the burger, sausage, chips, whatever it was. Waste of money. Oh, Tyler, that's what it's all about for me. It, 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 that's exactly what it was. As soon as he scored, like <laughs> as a fan, you just knew he's not celebrating with us. He is, he's going for it here. And, I mean, you can't blame him, can you? And watching it back, it's everything you'd imagine. And probably more. He has managed to rattle every single person in that stadium that isn't red and white. <laughs> and it's it's quite honestly beautiful. If you told me that Van Gogh painted that picture, I, I wouldn't question it. It, yep. it was delightful. And like you say, the, the ball boy within yards of him, just, just giving it large knowing that you're 1-0 down and he really really doesn't like you yeah if if i'm going to if i'm going to give notes to this ball boy i think a little bit more conviction um <laughs> they were very loose v's i i would properly be throwing them you know a little bit more a bit more kez needs a bit um, more aggression and much more aggression much much more aggression but he's young learning He'll get there if he's not sacked um, in time for the next <laughs> well, home It's an game. easy thing to do when you know it's half-term in the following week. <laughs> Let's just say oh, that. What are you talking about? I'll, I'll, be, I'll be strutting into school on Monday if I was seen on camera. <laughs> Actually, I'd probably be teased for thinking I was like a you know big hard lad, you know? I'd probably been mocked for that, but would have been worth it wonderful stuff can i add two things quickly rich please do oh because they're gonna be gold trust me firstly i was fretting immediately thinking oh don't get booked don't get booked don't get booked and he was getting closer and closer to the carlisle fans i was like please don't get booked and i think perhaps he was a touch lucky not to get booked no you reckon no he's just he's just going you can if you watch the clip you can hit you can see him saying vamos which is <laughs> which is very funny okay maybe that's he's just not me gone into the crowd no that's not inciting okay. anything okay no you and rob hartley in the same like <laughs> i do worry about no that's nothing when you think maguire doing the teary <laughs> face thing well, fair enough. taking a lap of honor but it's nowhere near that that would have been a sad footnote to the goal of the celebration no, if he had to sit the next two games up. But it wasn't. It, it, that's why it didn't happen. That's why it didn't happen. If I'm anyone scarred. was inciting violence, I'd probably say it, it, it was Joe Tomlinson because the way he was going for it was quite <laughs> remarkable. The boy is swim. He is pure swim. This is what we're learning. I think, I think the ball boy deserved a booking. Frankly, if anything, you know, he's the one that's really inciting violence. Five, 
flipping the V signs. So, you know, if McCurdy's getting the in the book, I want to know what's happening to that ball boy. Okay. No. They level out then. They also- cancel each other out. But the main point, and I'm a foodie, as you know, I love footy scran. Hashtag footy scran. Um, I've got a question. When was this burger purchased? We're 17 minutes into the match. And it's mostly uneaten. It looked like, you know, a good chunk of a burger left. Has the person bought it before the match and not eaten it? Have they saved it from a cookie? Have they gone down after 10 minutes because they thought, this game's awful, I'm going to get a burger? It just seems very odd timing of the purchase of the burger was my redeeming thought afterwards. Tyler, that makes a good point there. Can I have deep analysis, please? Uh, well, I mean... I personally would be of the belief that 10 minutes in is prime time to go and get a burger. Uh, the queues will be died down. The game wasn't too lively. So you can go get there, no queues. You'll have a freshly cooked burger before the halftime rush. Mad it it make, makes sense to me. I, I don't Absolute madman. No, I'm, I'm I do not miss. If I've gone all the way up to Carlisle, exactly, I'm not that's queuing what I'm thinking. In, in 30 minutes in. We're only at 1-0. Goodness <laughs> me. Okay, so- <laughs> Tyler, talk me through the rest of the half because, I mean, from afar, it just seemed like this was one of Swindon's most clinical performances of the season from what I was reading. Would that be accurate or was it kind of something or nothing? I probably think we probably deserve to get... I think we probably deserve to get more in that uh, first half than we did because I think we've had that shot that Barry's had where it's sort of been blocked by a mix of Davison in the centre half and then... There was someone else who came really close. I think it was Barry again, actually, on his left foot, um, cutting in off the right, where he's nearly scored as well. So we probably could have had two, if not three, in that first half. So I think we were pretty dominant, pretty comfortable. They didn't really have any too dangerous shots. There was one that was sort of side netting, but Jojo would have it covered anyway. So, yeah, I thought, thought we were quite dominant just throughout that first half and really just went up to Carlisle and put our foot down. The second half's a bit strange for me because it just, we scored two quick goals early-ish into the second half and then the last half hour is a bit of a write-off from what people have told me. Tyler, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I think final half an hour, just sort of see it out, see what we could, if we can get another clean sheet and just sort of, bed in some more youngsters with league minutes like Parsons, East, and then obviously get Williams a bit more up to speed again, obviously with him missing out a couple of games beforehand. So I think it was just more game management for that final 30 after the blitz of 2-2 two two that, that we had just before that. But of course we're going to give the, the other goals more time, so do not worry there. And Dan McCurdy in the thick of it for the second goal. Samir with a good tackle on Davison. Thundered into a man on the right-hand side. The referees allow play to go on. They're breaking onto Carlisle here. They've got the extra man over. Played in behind Carlisle. Davison on the angle has scored. The flag stays down. Swindon two up. Carlisle appealed for something. The officials aren't in. And he had a whole new stand to go to. <laughs> well, the, the home terrace t- towards the end of the game, I don't know what you could see live while you're there, Tyler. They had this curious, like... Just like strolling up and down the the front section of the terrace, just seemed to be winding up the stewards, which was um, tremendously good fun. Uh, a couple went a bit over the top and came onto the playing area. It's going to be uh, an expensive Monday morning, one thousand pound fine for them, but uh, each to their own. But yeah, the, um, the second goal, lovely stuff, um, some good build up. Um, McCurdy into da- uh, Davison, and I think. What you see here with Davison and this finish was the benefit of having got off the mark last week. Um, because in the Colchester away game, presented with a very good chance, he snatched at it. He looked a bit snatchy at other times. There was quite a good header he could have scored at, at Tramere. He didn't get a very good connection on. So, yeah, he really hit that shot with uh, with conviction to the back post. Uh, good finish. And, um, yeah, sneakily, three goals and six. For Davison, it's a very good start. Tyler, is is there not a hint of offside to this one? Not at all. I mean, <laughs> I feel they got really lucky to start with because it's a second yellow for uh, Sinew that they've just not gone back to. Mm, yeah. Um, 
he's absolutely clattered into Ellis. And thankfully, Ellis was able to just get up straight away, but it's definitely a second yellow. Good advantage to the referee, though, so I'll, I'll give him credit there. Played the advantage well. And definitely not offside. That right back, I have not got a clue what he was doing. He dropped so far back, and I'm going to give it to Louis Barry. I think it's testament to how good he was that that right back just wanted to back off as much as he could because Barry had the beating of him every time. So he's dropped really deep. Davinson's timed his run to perfection when I've watched it back. And, and like Davinson. Dan said, <laughs> Davinson, Davison, whatever you want to go with, all the same. If I said that wrong, apologies, listeners. I've, <laughs> I've got Davison Sanchez on the mind. Um, and either way, he's, he's just, like Dan said, after last week getting off the mark, he's hammered that across the keeper. Proper Harry Kane, dig it out from underneath your finish. Just, I think, in general play, particularly in the first half, I think that was his best all-round play performance. Um, made himself a real handful. Got got into a good running battle with a, a centre-half, which is a bit of the bit of the beef, bit of the, the metal that we've been missing without Simpson, certainly. Um, yeah, no. Very encouraging signs for the rest of the season from Davison. Yep, you guys bring the analysis. I bring the vibes. Um, so, Mc- <laughs> so McCurdy goes off on a on a having provided the assist. He goes on a nice mazy arms aloft celebration. Finds the one pocket of a uh, twenty to thirty young men to really goad in front of as well. So uh, good for him. And it was three nil shortly afterwards. And this again, Davison's performance at the county ground. A few days ago, last week, I should say, Tyler was important. That fluky sort of uh, first goal followed by the penalty. So it was good that Davison had that and then he's built on it a week later. I think the same applies hopefully now for Barry, who gets his first goal for Swindon. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, for starters, that was definitely intentional against Scunthorpe. There is no way you can't tell me he meant that. How much has Connor Um, paid you to say that? Uh, nothing, nothing. I promise. Um, but yeah, it it was. I thought it was very good from Davison again. Just the way he sort of pinned the centre half and then let the ball go. And Barry's got it easy as you like, really, in the centre of the goal. And like I say, hopefully he can just kick on now and grab a couple more. Absolutely, Dan. It, it's another good move, isn't it? Oh yeah, excellent football. You know, just that sense in the moment in the match where you know just. With five or ten minutes, real intensity, you can finish this team off. And we earned our easy last half hour where you can make a few subs and take your foot off the gas. Think about Tuesday against Warsaw. So, yeah, really nice. Um, I'm not sure if it is some sort of dummy from Davison or if it was just hit behind him. Um, on the comms, Andrew Hawes seemed to give him plenty of credit for the for the dummy. Um, either, either way, the important thing there, and again, you think about having a front three, uh, and you go back a couple of seasons ago when you had like Willery, Doyle, Yates. When you have a front three and it's functioning well, you always have someone coming in at the back post. And quite often it's the the player on the opposite side doing the crossing. So, again, it's it's going to benefit Davison long term because it's not just him in the box for defenders to worry about. It's going to be the man at the back post too. Um, and Barry took it with aplomb. No nervousness. No snatching, just um, like he'd been doing it his whole life. I thought he spoke very well, actually, after the game. Uh, I don't know if you, you caught him on BBC Wilts. He sounds seriously well-adjusted, young man. But uh, I suppose his career path so far, you're going to have have had some decent media training. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. OK, well, I'm going to bring the vibes back. Let's talk about McCurdy's celebration for this one. So um, a goal and now two assists and a new stand to uh, <laughs> to lord it up. And this time, lovely, lovely stuff from the Carlisle fans. This game really needed about 4,000 extra people in just to have made it 10 times better in reaction. But we are treated to uh, three lads in black hoodies really trying to get McCurdy to fight them, which is brilliant. Then a man in a blue coat turns turns up, having a go, and then he unscrews his bottle and then throws water at them. It doesn't get anywhere near. It probably touches <laughs> him more. I just, I live for this stuff, Tyler. It's magnificent. 
it, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, my favourite part of it wasn't even really McCurdy. It, it was Brandon Cooper. He has come steaming up to celebrate. And then I think it was it was the lad with the water bottle who's chucked it. And then he, he spotted it and he's just started celebrating while staring at him really <laughs> intently. And you can tell he, he was loving it. And yeah, McCurdy was just absolutely buzzing. Able to do it in front of every stand. <laughs> rattle everyone in the ground whilst you've got 380 fans in the other end singing your name it, it must be what, what what your dreams are made of mccurdy gets half hour off um probably sensible no booking a goal and two assists so perfect absolutely perfect saturday for mccurdy good sub from ben Garner. he referenced after the match during a missed header in the first half i think mccurdy landed quite heavily on one of his ankles and so has actually was slightly nursing his ankle which makes his second half performance even better if that's true uh, but yeah um keep him fresh for tuesday night it's another big game uh against the improving warsaw um gets williams back on the pitch too proves his fitness um yeah i mean dreamy dreamy saturday for swindon uh, as the half wore on you sort of reached that tipping point. I don't know about you, gents, where I, I really wanted that clean sheet. Probably if you if you'd offered me four one or three nil, I probably I would have taken would have taken the three nil just to get those consecutive clean sheets, which is something we've not had a lot of this season. Feel like Wallacott's now sort of got rid of that Afcon hangover, if there was one. Um, yeah, just a highly satisfying afternoon. I know it's only Scunthorpe. I know it's only Carlisle. But you've got to beat bad teams. Um, you've got to beat them well. And it's not something we've done very well this season. If you think we've only taken two points off Colchester, um, struggled against other sides down there. So, yeah, it's um, a good habit forming. And, and Tyler, anything to add before we go to listeners' contributions? Uh, 100%. It, it's more Harry McCurdy shithousery. Um, as he's getting subbed off, not just clapping the away fans, but turning around and clapping the home fans as well because of what they've been doing. <laughs> that 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 is some elite level stuff. And then at the final whistle, uh, obviously all the, all the players have come over to clap the away end, and as they're walking back toward the tunnel, you, you can hear some some Carlisle fans who stuck around, sort of sort of giving it to him. And so he's just turned around, pointed at them, and then pointed like like you're going down, and then. As you've seen on on his Instagram today, with the whole Jose Mourinho chin up thing, he, he was doing that as well. So at the final whistle, he he was not letting them live it down even then. Absolutely, I mean his social media was. Uh, I think everybody was waiting to see his reaction. In terms of his pros, not too dissimilar than what we're used to. So vamos three. Zip, goal, two assists, three points for the Chelsea, and 3,000 crying Carlisle fans. Proper f- genius. Thanks for the reception. But the difference this time is not only is there five or six pictures of him uh, playing against Carlisle, but also an image of Emmanuel Adebayor celebrating for Man City in front of the Arsenal crowds, just to really spoon feed. Um, I think out of everything... I think the fact that Rob Angus has liked that that post as well just makes it a little bit funnier. But in terms of the game, like strip down the emotions of the you know the the skullduggery and the the mocking of of him from their fans and his reaction to the goals. His performance was solid too, wasn't it? I think compared to the Scunthorpe game, he had a much better build up to you know up to the point he was subbed was in that Scunthorpe game there was a few people around me in uh in the Don Rogers town who were getting very frustrated with McCurdy but at the end of the day he is a mercurial forward come winger he's gonna have days like that the reason you keep faith in him and the reason you keep him on the pitch is because he does have those moments of quality in him as you saw with the goal against Scunthorpe which he took um beautifully following that fantastic pass from Ellis um He's going to give you quality. Whereas against Carlisle, you could see clearly he was on it from minute one, highly motivated, um, put a lot of energy into the match. Um, so the fact he's only played 60 minutes, he probably has put 
80 or 85 minutes worth of effort in. He's just absolutely desperate to get one over his former side. Um, have we got any other former McCurdy clubs to play yet? Have we got to play Port Vale yet again, or have we played them twice? Oh, we've played them twice. Boo. Yeah. Uh, and he never, he didn't offend, he didn't play enough to offend them, did he? I suppose not, no. Uh, no we've got Newport, haven't we? Oh, yes, okay. we got them at home, but I don't oh, think they're. And the Kevin Ellison want to continue. Oh, oh yes. Spicy. Oh, <laughs> out on the right hand side, they've got a man over down that right hand side. It's McCurdy. He's crossed. They've got a man. They've got a third. Coming in from the left, Louis Barry's first goal alone from Aston Villa. And McCurdy set that up as well. 57th minute. Carlisle are going down badly in this game. They're 3 0 down now. Okay, it's time for listeners' reaction. Thanks to all of those who sent stuff in, starting with Ben Nichols, who says, McCurdy, man of the match, never boo him, ever. Two comprehensive wins against the two worst teams in the league. I like 4-3-3, but we do concede chances as well as create. Tuesdays could be a crackerjack game. Jason Cockerton says it's hard to see past Harry for Man of the Match. I thought we looked good, far more fluid today than last week, where the shape was probably too new for the players. I really like Louis Barry. He gives balance to the forward three and deserved to get a goal. Mr. Jason says, great performance from the team, and I think 4-3-3 formation really works. We move forward with a purpose now and look to the channels for runners as opposed to pivoting 180 and passing backwards. Davison is a great addition, and Aguar showed again he's ready for this league. Man of the match, McCurdy. Jeremy Randall says he's been away. So he's missed the last two games. Hopefully the new players starting to settle and the successful formation change will put an end to the ridiculous Ghana out comments from a couple of weeks ago. Rob in Denmark says credit to all players and staff for going up there and grinding out a performance like that. Our new system shape, whatever, has paid dividends and looks to suit the players we have available, albeit against strugglers. Reed outstanding as usual, but man of the match has to be McCurdy. Paul Temple says Louis Reed faultless performance in midfield, pulling all the strings as man of the match. Can't ignore the Harry hat trick. And ultimate last words with this wind-up of Carlisle fans. Change of formation working at the moment. Do not rule out a return of the back three before the season's end. Playoff hopes? Daz Smith says, Man of the match, Harry McCurdy, just for his shithousery. A close second would have been the Carlisle ball boy. Bernie Man says, Harry deserved man of the match for his goal and two assists, but a decent showing from the bulk of the team. Reed, O'Brien, and Aguad deserve a mention for their contributions, and Davison is improving. Formation played and subs made shows promising signs that Ghana is taking criticism on board. Rob says McCurdy got man of the match. You love to see it. Also, it's been said a million times, but Reed is so instrumental to the way we play oozes class. David James Bond, clean sheet, and the front three all bagging a gold piece. Perfect away performance. Perfect time of the season to hit form and get injured players back. In touch and distance of last automatic spot. McCurdy man of the match. Come on, you Reds. Hanrahan Rahakin Odomeo number two says, no mean feat. Huge journey, dreadful conditions, and pressure on to follow up. The scunny result needn't have worried. H on fire and the booze just drove him on. Reed Aguanelis, just sublime. How we've missed Louis Reed. Pivotal man of the match, McBurdy. Hmm. Goal, two assists, an elite shithousery. Cobra Mart 2 says, Reed Man of the Match, completely controlled proceedings. Whereas Tom Elliott says, McCurdy is the obvious choice for Man of the Match. Seeing a town player play with such enthusiasm is a great watch. Reed was class too. He brings a level of control sorely missed when he was suspended. Iandolo impressive in midfield and Davison improving rapidly. Bravo town. Congratulations to Ryan Clifford on the arrival of his child. But he says, happy for King Harry. Also happy that Ghana changed it up and is starting to prove me wrong. Love a win. Gavin Chappell says, McCurdy man of the match, but solid performances all over the pitch. Great to have Reed back, just going about his business as usual. Good from Ellis and excellent from Agua. 
solid at the back and all the front three chipping in. Nice one to all 381 for making that journey. Hashtag flying burger. Paul D says delighted Davison followed up the two goals last week with a good finish today to prove it wasn't just a flash in the pan. Hope the same goes for Barry now he's off the mark too. If we can keep that front free firing, the teams who have beaten FGR Derby on Tuesday will be a tougher test as Flynn looks to have produced an early bounce. But you can ask for much better preparation than back-to-back 3-0 wins. McCurdy man of the match, obviously not even a discussion. But Jamie gives Reed man of the match as he controlled the game, although I thought the whole team was in with a shout. Good performance, but we need a test from a better team to see where we really stand. Dan Jackson says, fantastic game and a superb celebration from Harry. Particularly pleasing was the ball boy giving it the big two and the flying burger. Man of the match, McCurdy. Tom Dent says, Carlisle booing McCurdy only feeds his energy. Two good confidence building games. Pete Marsh's Man of the Match and Flying Burger award-winning Harry McCurdy for the complete snotting of the home fans. Many others impressed in a great team performance. Expected an aerial bombardment in the second half. Patrick looked good for Carlisle. Is their physio called SpongeBob? Wardy S says, good team performance today. Back four solid. Reed is such an important player for us as he simply is too good for this level. McCurdy just pips him for man of the match due to the goal and the two assists. D Morgan says, just remember we are usually crap on a Tuesday night unless it's against Stevenage. Jack Tanner says, missed opportunity not to bring on Parsons for the last 10-15 minutes, but nice to see the HMSP The League is back on course. Mitchell Singh is back from holiday and gives McCurdy man of the match, although O'Brien has a special mention. He makes us so much more robust at the back with his size, but let's all calm down as it's the two worst teams in the league that we've just beaten. Matt says the cancel trains, closed motorways, taxis from Wigan were worth it in the end. Fingers crossed for a better journey home. Man of the match, McCurdy. Paul Merriman says the pitch was surprisingly okay up there and Carlisle surprisingly obliging. McCurdy ran amok, you know the rest. McCurdy man of the match, closely followed by Reed, but a great performance from the entire squad. Some quick, slick passing with great vision and great finishing. Well done, the 381. And finally, John Adams, who says McCurdy man of the match for the goal assists and wind-up ability, but Reed bossed it, and Agua was impressive. Saddened to hear of Joey Beecham's death, football's a game of passion, both love and hate. Behind every cult hero and villain, there's a human as vulnerable as the rest of us. Rest in peace, Joey Beecham. McCurdy gets the listeners' man of the match. I'm pretty sure he's got to get it from us too, hasn't he? Has he? Ooh. Go on. I, I genuinely think I'll give it to Rob Hunt. He was something else. He, even the assist, he, he's just been consistent. Mr. Consistent. Captain's armband. Oh, I can't fault him for what he was doing. Admittedly, McCurdy probably does deserve it, but I, I feel it's, it's gone to McCurdy most weeks at this point, so someone new for me. Wow. I mean, in the reaction, Hunt gets a couple of you know, shout outs, but no definitive man of the match nods. It's just like Ricky Aguilar in that respect. The one person that did was Louis Reed. Dan, what are we doing here? Um, well, Tyler, you, you've caught us on the uh, on the back foot there. Um, Hunt was pretty good. I, I would have given Hunt a six and a half, seven out of ten. I think, as I touched on earlier, I think he struggled a little bit against Patrick early doors. It didn't lead to a goal, but... Um, there was a little bit of fallibility there. He recovered well and finished the game strongly. Um, for me, it would have to go to McCurdy. Goal scorers, when they score and make goals, you know, you can't really look past that in a in the man of the match stakes. I think he takes it for me. I think Louis Reed, it's an odd thing to say, even though McCurdy's got man of the match, I think Louis Reed was clearly the best player on the pitch. Um, his return to the side in the last two games. No coincidence. We've churned out two convincing performances. It makes that suspension for the red card against Crawley even more frustrating. But at least he's back. And maybe that rest has done him a, a little bit of good. In terms of other honourable mentions, I think we've given Aguiar good rap. Uh, O'Brien, very dominant in the air, which you're going to need in League Two against sides that are scrapping at the bottom. And, and Davison too, I think. 
gets an honourable mention. Really, really, really good shift and took his goal goal well. But yeah, it has to be McCurdy, doesn't it? Yeah, I have to give it to McCurdy because we spent 65, 70% of the episode <laughs> talking about him. So it, it just wouldn't feel right. But um, I am resisting my natural love of Rob Hunt to seep through and give him the man of the match simply because it's Rob Hunt. But um, McCurdy gets it. Tyler, in relation to Louis Reed, it seems like he's not getting man of the match every week because we expect him to play like he does. He's so bloody good. <laughs> if he doesn't get player of the season, I'm going to be triggered. If he don't get player of the season, uh, uh, what, what was that tweet from, I think it was Dave Arden? I'm going to smash up the club shot. He's <laughs> got to have player of the season. And anyone else getting it at the moment is, is an outrage. Although... McCurdy is running him close at the moment. People love goal scorers. I think I think historically we like midfielders, don't we? I'm just thinking back, you know, Paolo era, Alan McCormack won it um, when there were goal scorers elsewhere. I remember Jonathan Douglas winning it um, in an era where there were hella goal scorers too. So I think traditionally we do like our midfielders. I mean, Doyle missed out to Grant, didn't he? So um, so I, I'm I'm... I'm relying on the Swindon faithful or the advertiser poll voters to really not do Louis Reader dirty because people aren't voting for him on a weekly basis because we simply expect it from him, <laughs> which, you know, isn't a bad thing because he's achieving it. But people saying, this person's man of the match, Louis Reed pulled all the strings, but the man of the match goes to the person that <laughs> Reed enabled him to do that. So it's, it's very interesting, but I'm not, I'm not concerned by it. But he's got to get player of the season if this form continues. A few comments in there, Dan, that were saying, essentially, perspective. We've just played two of the worst teams. Easily two teams that could well be in the National League next season. So we shouldn't get carried away. But as you've already implied, we've you've still got to beat them, haven't you? Still got to go there and and do a job on them. And we've we've done it twice now. And now we we move to Walsall under a new manager, a manager no Swindon well through previous battles and seasons, and hopefully be buoyed by the last two games. Absolutely, yeah. And um, you know, exactly what you just said there. Whilst the last two wins have been against poor sides. You know, I'll offer you the the Stevenage game just before New Year, where we failed to put away a bad side. You struggled twice against Colchester, as we said. Um, Warsaw on Tuesday is a sort of interesting mix, really. You know, the reason they've they've just appointed a new manager is obviously they went on a horrid losing run, and that unfortunately brought time on Matty Taylor's um, managerial stint. Mike Flynn is probably as good a, an appointment as you're going to get as a, a League 2 struggler. So congratulations, Warsaw there. I'm sure he's going to shape a squad and, and have Warsaw do much better next season. But from our point of view, we've got to look after ourselves. And the key thing for me is with four home games in the next six, you know, Warsaw, Salford, Oldham, Sutton, you know, you've got... Two poor sides, an improving side, and a promotion rival. If we can put a run together, and if we can also crack that home form, I I think this season's got a heck of a lot of interest left uh, for Swindon. Um, the players to come back to: Payne, Gladwin, uh, Conroy. Um, yeah. I, 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 Perspective, yes. I I think the other thing to reflect on clearly is we, last time I was sat on this pod with you, Rich, we spoke about Garner has to change something. He can't be this stubborn. And so we do give credit to Garner, who made the tactical change, has adapted to the personnel that we've got at the club, and yeah, deserves a big pat on the back for that. So the chess now will be against better sides and at our nemesis ground, the county ground. Can <laughs> we put that run together? That's going to catapult us, well, hopefully, back into that top three mix, but certainly solidify our place in the playoffs. I'm, I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable with Bristol Rovers sneaking up on the rails. 
I'm not enjoying their results. Um, yeah, so who knows? There may well be someone come out of the pack like Bristol Rovers yet. Salford aren't out the question, I suppose, but I, I don't think they're up to much, if I'm honest. No. A few a few listeners in the contributions highlighted Ghana's switching, um, and then there's those terms of plan A, plan B, etc. But he does deserve credit for, for changing it over the last couple of weeks, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think the way he's sort of adjusted not just the system, but the way the way we've played in that, we're a bit we're a bit more direct. We're we're still not as direct as some might want. I I'm quite happy with it at the moment, but we we've got at teams more and we've just put six in, in the past two games without conceding. So it's definitely working. I think the way we've linked up down the left hand side with um Tomlinson, Ellis and Barry has has been some of the nicest football I've seen this year. Those three just seem to know what to do with each other and, and they can do the quick flicks around the corners and it's resulting in some good chances for us. Like like uh, uh, Carlisle on Saturday, it, it brought a few really strong chances down the left and it's hard for the defenders to know what to do when they're coming up against such good interchange in play, especially with Ellis and Tomlinson seeming to be free to rotate between who's at left back, who's sort of left of the three in midfield. So I think Ghana's really smashed it with the change in system and hopefully it can just sort of see us through and we can really kick on, like Dan says, hopefully push for the autos, but if not, secure a playoff spot. Lovely stuff. Well, we'll see how we do at home against Walsall in midweek. A few things before we go. Lone watch. Harrison Minton was man of the match as Chipman drew 1-1 with Eastbourne Borough. And Manny Idem himself played in Brentwood Town's 3-1 win over Basildon United. How many were there, Dan? 94. 94. That's less than the Westbury game. Um <laughs> which me and Tyler were both out, weren't we? God, you guys are hardcore. <laughs> hardcore to the absolute. And Swindon Town women, congratulations to them for winning the Wiltshire County Cup. Coming back from 2-0 down to beat Warminster 11-2. That, that, that'd be a lesson to you, eh? Cool. And it was after about a couple minutes as well. I think it was 2-2 after eight minutes or something like that. Absolutely insane. So congratulations to them. First silverware this season. First silverware of the season. Okay, Tyler, before we go, the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge. Tell me about it, please, even though I know. <laughs> yeah, so it's a Twitter space. We're back this Wednesday. We've got Vic Morgan on, me, and you'll probably all know him off Twitter, Hammer, 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 Akinodomo, number two. Um, we're just talking to Vic. We've had Tom Broadbent himself on, Ben Hook, Will Fowler, most Wednesdays, 9pm, Twitter spaces, you'll you'll find us on there just having a good waffle about Swindon. So that's it and all about it, really. I, I liked that. I don't know about you, Dan, but I really liked it when that Rich Pullen was on. Hey, that was a cracker. <laughs> a good one, wasn't it? I said to Cara, no, turn the TV off, <laughs> create a Twitter account and join this Twitter space. Because this is not to be missed. What I find, I find the host, the main host, um, to be a bit of a shrinking violet. Um, <laughs> I think Hannah's could uh, do with coming out of his shell a little bit, talking a bit faster. What do you think? Yeah, he could probably do that. Speaking as in, speaking as uh, cliches all the time as well. It's, it's all it's all a bit. Uh, now, come me. on, come on. We're not having that. So, <laughs> every, we are all, if anything, ninety five percent cliches. You know, I'm, I can't have that. So slander a hand. <laughs> oh, very good. So we love you, Hannah. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, before we go, how can people tune into this? Because they've got to have Twitter, right? Yeah, you got to have Twitter. Although there are links that go up on YouTube, like of uh, recorded episodes, if that's easier for some. Um, but yeah, if you just have a Twitter account, follow either me or Hammer Hammerhan, uh, then we'll just tweet the link out at 9pm on a Wednesday. Just click join and you're in really. And then feel free to request to talk with us or just listen in, depending what what, what you want to do. It's quite a as Hannah's would say, 6.06. He does call it 6. It's a really, really fun listen because it is so conversational and anyone can get involved. So And it's live. So 
do get involved. It's it's good fun. Even if you if you don't want to talk, it's so much fun to listen and see what people uh, think about our beloved Swindon town. But that will do for this episode. Dan, a pleasure as always. Pleasure and well done on your debut, Tyler. A fine debut, Tyler. Thank you very much. No worries, mate. No worries whatsoever. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. It was good money I done that. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 